0: Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. Today I'd like to talk about the legendary Cuban artist Mika Carpentier. To Mika Carpentier, death was a matter of indifference. Bearing witness to what was arguably civilization's most violent century, to Mika, personal agency, mortality, and fate were at best peripheral to his deeply engaged imagination. What interested Carpentier above all else was poetry. A close confidant of Nicolas Squien whose literary experiments with wordplay and collage closely paralleled his own explorations of pastiche and appropriation. Carpentier's stoic impassivity was a premeditated posture obviating his involvement with political controversy. It was 1971, after returning to Havana, after a short lecture tour in southern Spain, when Carpentier was visited by the notorious ES brothers, Laslo and Guillermo. These justly feared functionaries of the Ministerio de la Cultura Cubano could ruin one's life with one quick phone call. They had never before taken an interest in Carpentier, whose highfalutin conceptual aesthetic convulsions were at best benign irritants to the party apparatus and its interests. They came that day to warn him. To warn him against publishing a European edition of his Diario de un Soñador Sin Pagar, a collection of trifling personal reflections that were appearing regularly in the Cuban literary journal El Correo and had recently been anthologized by Prensa Revolucionaria. On the face of it the demand seemed absurd since most of the columns were clever set pieces on subjects ranging from the caring of houseplants in tropical climates or the interfamilial recipe dispute, <laughs> a Cuban national pastime, where the ingredients of regional specialties like trajaditas, dulces de plátano, and boliche were fiercely debated among relatives. It turned out that he had run afoul of the state censors with a couple of essays that were included in a chapter called Paucities. In them, Carpentier made hilarious observations on things like the island's lack of operable doorbells or the Cuban preference for Russian over Spanish baptismal names and the coarse industrial texture of the homeland's national toilet paper. It was said that Fidel himself goosed into spasms of violent laughter with soil his green fatigues and drool like a Saint Bernard, while reading Carpentier's work. The twins put it to him this way. You write about our scarcities without complaint. You accept our flaws and our shortcomings with a gracious good humor. You, who are an international intellectual celebrity and a luminary among the elites. You travel widely and you live in a beautiful, spacious flat. We would be much happier if you could pose as a degenerate dissident malcontent, if you wrote with greater bitterness and a stronger sense of grievance. Then you would gain greater credibility among our enemies and we, in turn, could boast of our benevolence, our tolerance, and our abundant personal freedoms. Ah, maldito comunismo. No wonder Carpentier spent the last decade of his life making simple charcoal sketches on Chinese takeout boxes. That's it for today, and thanks for listening. Please join us next week as we pry once again into the lives of contemporary artists.